Don't you know that you so wrong, man? You're wrong and here's why. Chris and Greg don't see eye to eye like none of the time. Robert Covington sticks. I don't care what you think. How is LeBron James the king when he's ruining teams? Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Yo, wrong and here's why. Underdog Sports presents. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of You're Wrong and Here's Why. Chris Horwoodell, joined by Greg Crone. Gregory, how you doing? Buddy, uh-huh. football's almost over and it's sad. What do you mean? The USFL kicks off this spring. April, buddy. They're coming in April. How could you not be excited? And they'll be wrapped up, uh, folded sometime in May. I mean, I don't under... I, listen, I'm all for more football. Mm-hmm. I had an argument over the, the weekend. Uh, a brief argument just about how I enjoy the fact that there's going to be a Monday night playoff game. Yeah. I know it's a money grab. I don't care that it's a money grab. I'm here for as much football as possible. I don't care that there was 18 weeks and 17 games. I enjoy it. Mm. The more football, the better. But the spring leagues are so hard to get into. Yeah. I was a big AAF guy. Or A, what was yep, I don't right. even know. Yeah, yeah. I was fine with that. It was it was fine. It was picking up a little bit of steam. The XFL had some steam, and then COVID sort of shut that down. Uh, now the Rock something. owns it. Yeah. Well, hey, listen. If there's anybody that I think that could be successful with it, it's the Rock. Um, the issue is you just have to get people interested in it. It's tough. That's the time where like you're talking college basketball is just ending. The NBA and NHL are gearing up for the playoffs. There's a lot of there's a lot of you know things for eyeballs to compete with and. Without stars or things like that, it's it's very tough. It's very tough to get get into it. Yeah, I mean, the way that makes the most sense, but is also logistically a nightmare, is for one of these leagues to actually be a pseudo-minor league for the NFL. For you to be able to send guys down and get them experience, you know, you want to get your third-string quarterback some time, then uh, you send them down to this league and let them play. There are obvious risks that go along with that in the form of injury and just general fatigue. But I don't know how you gain widespread interest without some affiliation to the NFL. I think, I think the only thing that helps, and I think what sort of helped the AAF was the, the gambling aspect of it Mm -hmm. and gambling's more and more widespread. Like, I mean, think about it. We, I, I host a gambling show <laughs> weekly. Um, I, I, in, right in front of me right now, I have BafataSportsBook.com open. Yeah, exactly. Like, if you can get the buy-in there and get people to at least consider wagering on it, you can garner interest in it. It's hard to think about it as a minor league for me, only because, like, those minor league teams would be really important for teams that stink. Or don't have the certain positions that you need to be successful in the NFL, right? I don't know. Don't you think the Packers would have liked to been able to send Jordan Love down to a minor league to get some experience this year? What, so they could find out how bad he was prior to actually Look, putting him on the field? It's good to know that in advance, because yeah. if you're struggling in that situation, then maybe you're not an NFL player. That's. I mean, yeah, I could see that. I, I could see. I could see a little bit of that. The, the issue is, though, like, 
teams that have that particular position locked up typically have that position locked up for 5 to 10 to 15 years. So getting my third-string quarterback some reps, how important is that compared to how often is that actually going to translate in the actual NFL? I mean, this you year, know? pretty damn important. Well, yeah, this year. this Last this year, pretty damn important. Probably but, next year, pretty damn important. But this, these, are, these are microcosms of, like, situations that we're n- most likely in our lifetime, God, please, never going to why? see. Why? Why would you, just, why would you I, say that out loud and record it? <laughs> I, I, I can't take it anymore. We're going to name the next variant after you for this oh, bullshit. Please. I please I I I have no I have no more thought or soul to give into any conversation even about it. But you are right in the in the current climate. Yes, having a backup quarterback with reps makes sense. You look at the Eagles; they allowed their backup quarterback to go in, and he was able to successfully lose by thirty. It's it all. It I all don't works know that out. it was a hundred percent his fault, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Yes, I I agree. Football is more of a team sport, and he doesn't play defense, so I get it. Uh, but no, like I think I think these leagues have to play into the gambling aspect of it. Isn't that why that one dude who owns the Hurricanes purchased? He just purchased the AAF like out of nowhere, and he was like, "Yeah, I didn't care about the league." He's like, "I just wanted the gambling technology or the app technology that they were using, so I owned that." He's like, "I got that for twelve mil. It's clean." Out the door. I've made uh, bigger purchases for less reasons. Apparently. (laughs) You haven't seen my new doors, Greg. (laughs) I have not. That is is accurate. I have not. But Solid gold. Regardless, college football's over. The NFL only has 14 games left, I think. That includes the Pro Bowl. It's... We're we're in the crunch time here, buddy. It's... I'm just going to say this. If you're gambling on the Pro Bowl... Oh, I God, feel no. like I feel like you 100% are the person they're talking about when they're like, "Do you have a gambling problem? If so, call 1-800. I don't know what the number is offhand, but yeah, you can't you, you can't gamble on the Pro Bowl. It's it's too like you you would think the way I would look at it is, well, the over's got to hit. You have the best receivers and the best quarterbacks and the best running backs all going. And the defense it doesn't care. Yeah, exactly. And it, for still, somehow the over never hits. It's at least in my experience. So yeah, gambling on the Pro Bowl's a, a no-no. He says from experience. Right, listen, this, these this, these were lean times, Chris. This this is a world of 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 less options in terms of gambling. Now we're now you're flush. There's there's lines on everything. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get right into it this week. Let's let's talk about these six wild card games we have coming up this weekend. Over the course of three days, starting on Saturday, four thirty Eastern time, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders head to Cincinnati to play the Cincinnati Bengals. Would not have thought this was going to be a playoff matchup at the beginning of the season, but here it is. And Bovada has the Bengals minus five and a half at home. It honestly stinks that either of these teams has to lose. I love this Raiders team. I mean, you want to talk about resiliency? Every sort of adversity you could possibly throw at them on the field, off the field. Like, you can't find a team facing more issues across the Ever in the history of football. Not in one single season. It just doesn't exist. So, to me, like... 
that game Sunday night was awesome in terms of all the drama, everything. I love the fact that they kicked the field goal. I think oh, that's I wanted all. that it's, tie so bad. No, that if you anyone who rooted for the tie, you are a legitimate loser. I wanted that the is, tie so the Steelers didn't make the playoffs. I don't. I don't care what the implications are in terms of the Steelers or any of that stuff. Honestly, you should have cheered a little bit harder for Carson Wentz if you if you really wanted the Steelers not to make the playoffs. I wanted that draft pick more than I I didn't want the Steelers to make the playoffs. Exactly. But anybody who was all in on that tie for any other purposes other than that, like you, you just have like you're just one of these miserable people. Like who would want who and I'm <laughs> like a great crone for instance. That's coming from a miserable guy. That's accurate, Chris. Like the fact that the fact that anybody would cheer for a tie in an NFL game, the NFL out of honestly deserves ties for shortening overtime, change the rules and then shorten it by five minutes makes zero sense, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you're guaranteeing a second possession uh, if somebody kicks a field goal. But regardless, like the tie is like that is that would have been so awful to 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 backdoor your way into a playoff spot because you tied. And, like, don't get me wrong, the Chargers, the way they fought back, probably deserved to be in the playoffs. They're an extremely talented team. But they made several mistakes along the way, didn't show up in games that they should have, lost mm. to the Texans by 200 three weeks ago. Like, it, it to me, you know, it, you kind of get what you deserve. It's the same situations the Ravens were in. You know, you, you blew two games because you got cute and went for two-point conversions when you could have just tied the game and forced overtime. You miss the playoffs by a game. Like before, that's... before we get off that too much, because I do want to talk about how interesting that situation was between the Raiders and the Chargers. Do you think at any level, because for those, for those people who don't know, oh my God, and I'm going to have, pizza's going to be here 32 minutes early. So thank Hell you for yeah. that. Uh, you fine, fine people. Uh, for those who don't know, it was basically a win. It was... The only way you were getting eliminated from the playoffs in that game was to lose. Winning, great. Tying, okay. Do you think there were discussions at any level of, hey, and God, the NFL would have loved this. Let's, uh, let's go out there, and then we'll just take turns taking knees for 60 minutes. And ensure ensure that both teams make the playoffs. That would be the most infuriating. I would stop watching the NFL. Like I would. I, I would don't quit. think you would. Yes, I pr- I promise you. I, honestly, if that game would have ended in a tie, I don't think I could have been able to watch games. Like if they had, if they had taken a knee from the forty-one yard line or wherever they were, and both got into the playoffs, I don't think I could have watched football because they could never take it seriously again. Because that would just pr- like the Herm Edwards. The man is a genius, great coach, Arizona State, the miracle at the Meadowlands. He said it several years ago as head coach of the Jets. You play to win the game. I don't, tying to 60-minute kneel-offs? What are we doing? What are we <laughs> it doing? It would have been the fastest game in NFL history, though. That would have been That's fun. A, and it would have technically been a 70-minute kneel-off. I would have I lost my mind. I would have lost my mind. I, I don't know... I don't know what else I, I can say. Like, a 70-minute kneel-off would be... It would have been torture. Like, I'm, <laughs> I want to watch football. I don't want to watch... Like, I get, I get the, the gamesmanship behind it, but no. You, you play to win the game. The Jaguars played to win the game to spoil the Colts' year. 
Like this is what this is what football is all about. Any given Sunday, anybody can win at any point. That that is where like I would have been really dissatisfied if that game ended in a tie because the Raiders decided not to kick a field goal and just take the knee and move on and we both go to the playoffs and hold hands. <laughs> like that that would be Kumbaya, the worst. Yeah. <laughs> my Lord. Exactly. It would have been. I just. Nightmare. I would have loved to have listened to the announcers talk about that game while we're in. We're late in the second quarter of a kneel off. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I think Al Michaels' head would have exploded. This is a guy. Al Michaels is is the, the Do you believe in miracles guy? He's seen some of the greatest sports accomplishments. He called Nick Foles winning a damn Super Bowl, and now he's watching a seventy minute kneel off. He <laughs> he he'd have to leave. This man called games for years with John Madden. Do you think John? What do you think John Madden would have said about a seventy-minute kneel off? And the Raiders were involved. I, I mean, come on. Philadelphia's own John Madden. He was uh, he was an Eagles draft pick. <sighs> Listen, put the number in the rafters, Jeffrey Coward. What was, what was it? Seventy-seven. I don't pro- know. I'm good with. I think it was, <laughs> it was seventy-seven or seventy-one, but I'm pretty sure it was seventy-seven. And he hurt, a, he hurt his knee in preseason and then never ended up playing in the NFL. Well, it, it worked out. Yeah, it worked out fine for him. I do wish that, uh, I do wish that selfishly, we could uh, lay claim to John Madden as one of our own. But, you know, we all, we all got to enjoy the greatness that was Mr. Madden. Accurate. I will say, I think, I think the Raiders coming into the game on Sunday... That not being a tie gives you momentum. Well, one, you don't have to play the Chiefs, which is yeah. huge, uh, number one. But number two, um, you, you're you coming in essentially trying to be world beaters. Like You feel like you could beat anybody anytime, and they've played that way. Hunter Renfro all of a sudden is like top ten receiver in the league, maybe even he's, top five. He's Julian Edelman now. Like, it's, it's crazy. Uh, and, and then... Like they can still run the ball when they have to. Their D line is wild. Max Crosby is unreal. Did you see? I don't know if you saw that stat that I retweeted, but Max Crosby and I'm, I'm paraphrasing because I I don't have it in front of me. But T.J. Watts obviously tied the sack record. Is obviously going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I believe Max Crosby had 40 more QB hurries than he did. Yeah, T.J. Watt also played like 12 games. 40 more, Gregory. Oh, turn those hurries into sacks, buddy. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, Max Crosby had an unbelievable season. I, so I, I agree. I, <laughs> let's not. There, there are people to take shots at. I don't think Crosby is the guy. <laughs> no, he was he was phenomenal. And if you watch the end of that Chargers game, he was in Herbert's face on like every play. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely unreal in terms of D-linemen when you're talking about guys who can get to the quarterback. Where'd you fall on this uh, pick? Uh, well, it's hard to pick against the Bengals. Like they, as as good as the Raiders have been, the Bengals are a team that has a ton of offensive firepower. If they can keep Burrow upright, I think Chase and T Higgins and uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe I can't think Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Uh, if they can keep Burrow upright. Those guys can have a potential field day with the linebackers and the, the, the D-backs of, of the Raiders. I don't think that's their strongest suit. 
No. I think it goes, I think it's going to be a very back and forth game and actually has the potential to be a shootout. Um, cause I don't necessarily believe that the Bengals defense is that feisty. Uh, I, I think this is a game where the Raiders cover, but the Bengals walk away and move into, into round two. All right. Well, I'm, you can usually put 12 picks on a parlay card. I don't see any of the little notifications here that you can't do two in a game. So let's do that. Uh, you've got, sorry, you've got, you've got Bengals minus five and a half, right? Mm-hmm. And the over-under at Bavada is 49 and a half. Where are we going to fall on that? Uh, we'll go over on that one. I think one of these teams easily hits 30. You think so? Yeah, if not both. I just think there's too much offense. There's too much offense, especially from the Bengals, that if, like I said, if, if Burrow can get a little bit of time, it could be, it could be a big day in Cincinnati. All right, we've got the uh, we've got the Bengals and we've got the over two games, uh, two picks into our parlay. We're sitting at a, a plus two seventy three on the card. I expect that's going to go up pretty quickly. The other Saturday game, the New England Patriots head to Buffalo to take on the Buffalo Bills. Bavada has the Bills minus four, and uh, there is a chance that there could be significant snow in the forecast. I mean, it's going to be frigid. Nineteen degrees, I think they're looking at. Uh, I hadn't heard significant snow, but not great. Not great <laughs> if you're attending that game or or playing in that game, for for that matter. Uh, I mean, if there was ever a time for the Bills to step up and prove that they are the new team to beat, or at least have one year of significant glory over the Patriots, mm. this is the time. You have to be able to beat them at home in the playoffs. Yeah. You lost that weird game that was 40 mile per hour wins. You won't have the wins hopefully this week, but you certainly will have some sort of weather involved. It's, you have to be able to beat them. I have a feeling that Mac Jones is going to have to throw more than three times on like the last (laughs) meeting in, in Buffalo. Um, but Josh Allen has to be the X factor here. Yeah. He, he has to be able to run the ball and use his feet uh, to open up that defense. They can't rely on Singletary, even though Singletary's been better the last couple weeks, but they they can't rely on that. The, the Patriots' D-line and even their linebackers have been, have been pretty stellar uh, for most of the year. And I just think, like, the Bills' defense has to be able to stop the running game. We didn't see a ton of Ramondre Stevenson over the... the Week 18, we saw a little bit of Damian Harris. Like, it's those are the guys you're going to have to key on and prevent them from opening up the field for Mac Jones. If you do that, the Bills will walk out of Buffalo and into the second round. Um, you you, you got to put pressure on a young kid like Mac Jones. I know he has, you know, the Alabama pedigree, national championships, yada, yada, yada. NFL playoffs are different. Mm-hmm. NFL playoffs in... 19 degree weather in the snow in Buffalo are different. Got it. You got to get in his head early. Have to. So Bills minus four. I think so. And this is an under game to me. Okay. The, uh, the over under is 44 at Bavada. Yeah. This, this could be like, this is like a 21 to 10 Bills win. Okay. Uh, did, I'm, I'm sure you saw it, but there was that you were talking about um, Damian Harris. There, there was that title card, that graphic card during the national championship game yesterday, uh, which congratulations to Georgia. They showed that at one point 
on that that Alabama team had Damian Harris, Bo Scarborough, Josh Jacobs, uh, who was the other one? Najee Harris and Brian Robinson together or something like it's, that. It's it's unbelievable. I feel like every five years you can do that, and you have like three or four Pro Bowl players like that came out of there. It's all, all at one position. Yeah, all at the same position. It's always like that running back. There's the one picture that's like. It's like Mark Ingram. It's just a, literally an older version of what you just described. So I'm not going to yeah. describe it again. But yeah, it's like it's like every every five to six years you can put up a new picture of their running back room, and it's just like the who's who of who's the elite running backs now in the NFL. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, it's just how do they not win every national championship game? I don't understand it. Uh, Neither I, does my wallet. Yeah, I well uh, if. I don't know. That game just felt so weird because it felt like Alabama getting money and getting points was wrong. And uh, that just, that scared me off. Uh, I would have put money on Alabama to win that game. Uh, Probably goes differently if Jameson Williams doesn't come up lame. And we, I don't think we've seen the results, but it definitely looked like an ACL tear to me. Um yeah, the way his leg like got caught and then like flopped in the air. Not yeah, great. it's weird that they haven't announced it either because that stuff usually comes out pretty quickly. Yeah, but, like day of. Yeah, right. And especially with an ACL tear, because in most cases the trainer knows whether it's torn or not. Yeah, hey, no, the Eagles trainer did a great job. Tyree Jackson Saturday night they're like, "Nah, he's good." Sunday at like nine a.m. It's like, "Ah, tore his ACL." Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, there it is. Schefter two hours ago tore an ACL. Yeah, that's a bummer. For them to lose, you know, both Mechie and him to torn ACLs over the course of the last like what month and a half and three games. It's it's a, it's just a it's just a bad a bad luck situation at that point. Well, there's no more dangerous position to be in in all of sports than to be Alabama's number one receiver going into a national championship game. It, it seem it doesn't seem to work out uh, in most cases. You tend to get drafted pretty high, though. That is accurate. Tend to get drafted pretty high. Uh, and speaking, I mean, that that Alabama thing, you, you had, we talked about the running backs, but I mean, at one point, you had you had Jerry, Judy, Henry Ruggs, Devontae Smith, um, who was the one I'm forgetting? Calvin Ridley? No, maybe uh, Rid- Ridley might have uh, Oh, uh, Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle and, uh, and Mechie yeah, altogether. Yeah, it's absurd. It's absurd the talent that comes through Tuscaloosa every year. I don't understand it. I never will. It's crazy. I'll never. I don't. I don't. I'll never know a college program that I root for to be to be that way ever. Well, I mean, look at look at the just excess of riches with uh, with Will Anderson coming back. And are you have you have Bryce Young and Will Anderson coming back? And these guys would both be top five picks in the draft if they could declare right now. Easily, like easily would be. So it's it's crazy. I, it does look like that wide receiver room is not quite as stocked from uh, what we saw with guys having to fill in. But uh, it's tough to judge them on a on a you barely play all year and now all of a sudden you're thrust into the national championship game. So that's a little tough. But I hear that's you. fair. All right, four picks in to our twelve pick parlay, and we're sitting plus twelve eighty nine. Let's go to. Uh, a little contest in Tampa Bay, Florida on Sunday. The Philadelphia Eagles travel to Tampa to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bovada has the Bucks minus eight and a half in the second biggest line of the week. 
<sighs> well, you know, I, I not many not many people saw the Eagles being here. No. I did. House at money. Three, at three and six, I said we're going to win six in a row and make the postseason. We didn't win six in a row, but we did make the postseason. This is a tough one. Mm-hmm. It's tough because of one person. It's Tom Brady. That's ah. that's the guy who you have to go across from. The most winningest, successful, best, greatest of all time quarterback you're ever going to find. He is better than the man whose head looks like a pineapple in Peyton Manning. And it just so happens the last time we saw him in the playoffs, we beat him. Ah, It's accurate. It is accurate. But Tom Brady is the most successful postseason quarterback of all time. He yep. is the best quarterback of all time. You can't argue it. There is no, I don't care about what your stats are, pure position. It doesn't matter. Brady is the guy. But he, he's, he's damaged a little bit this year. His weaponry is, is a little dull. You know, you lose the likes of A.B., you lose Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, who knows what's going on. And Mike Evans is, is on a gimpy hamstring. There's, mm-hmm. There are... There are Gronk's, Gronk, his body is 100. Yeah, he's just... Gronk is Gronk, And right? he spends his days just trying to steal insurance from veterans. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, I think that's uh, that's what we call stolen valor, Chris. Oh my um, goodness! It's but it's to like to have to go against and face him is a very daunting task. However, I keep hearing about how oh, the Tampa Bay rush defense, their sixth or seventh or whatever it was. Well, I remember playing the number one rush defense in the league and putting up two hundred and seventy-five yards rushing. I remember playing against a number of different high-ranked defenses against the run and being able to game plan around it and still use the run. I, mm-hmm. We played this team once. We played this team during a time where we didn't know our offensive identity and we lost by less than a touchdown. It is going to be a heartbreaker when this team loses simply because you don't want the season to end. Not that you don't expect them to lose to a team like this, but if they do lose, it will be sad. I think this is a great learning experience. It's a great situation for the coaching staff, the players who haven't been here, specifically Mm -hmm. Jalen Hurts. But this is a veteran-led team in terms of guys like Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey and and, and a lot of the guys on the defense as well, Fletcher Cox. This is a one-last-run situation. This is where I think you can move to 2-1 and against Tom Brady. You have the ability. It can it can happen. I just don't know if it actually will. I guess it, it can happen. Well, I see scenarios where if you control the ball enough with their run game and keep the ball out of Brady's hands, you have a chance to take this down and go into Lambeau in a week. It's possible. Birds plus eight and a half. That's the pick. Okay, so... Eagles lose, but keep it with an eight and a half. I mean, are we, can we put? The, I thought we were doing all spreads. If you want me to do uh, money if, line, if I'll you want to jump, line. you want to jump on that Eagles plus three hundred money line. If you think the Eagles are going to win here, I, I absolutely think they they're going to win. I do. I, it's because I'm insane. I'm an insane person when it comes to rooting for Philadelphia sports. I believe they can win. At the beginning of every season, I believe they can make the playoffs. They can win a championship, regardless of the roster. I could be staring at Bobby Hoying and Charlie Garner, and I think what we're going to knock on Super Charlie Bowl. Garner. That's not fair. All right. Well, I was thinking of old running backs. Sorry, how's How about this? Reno Mahe? 
that I'll take it. Bobby Hoying, Reno Mahe, and um, Charles Johnson. Cecil Martin. Yeah. Uh, we can we can go with all of them. Hey, Cecil Martin would be a useful player on this team right now. He really would be. He I mean, really, have a really would be. Um, but yeah, I I think the Eagles have a legitimate shot. I might be wrong. If I'm wrong, it's definitely a game that's going to go over, no matter what the total is, because the over that's is how this team leads. Bavada has it at 49. Yeah, uh, this this is an over game uh, to me as well, unless unless something absolutely crazy happens, because Brady's not a guy that lets the off the gas pedal. So if it does go haywire, the Bucks will just keep scoring. Yeah, I mean, the last time we beat him in the playoffs, he still threw for 505 yards. Yeah, yeah, he did. Fumbled <laughs> once, though, which that was a real issue. He, he did. All right, well, the plus 1289 with the money line and the over here jumps significantly. It is now plus 10,509. Now we're getting rich. We just, we 10x'd that with this game right here. Hey, listen, we're here to make money. And Homer picks. Oh, how dare you, sir? That was this is this is pure analysis. Mm-hmm. Were you? Um, <laughs> we I've basically been dreading, but waiting for uh, Jason Kelsey to retire for like the last three seasons now. I thought it was interesting that they had him start that game Keep because running. if he's if he plans on retiring. He can't get to the record, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. I never really thought about it that way, if we're being perfectly honest. Uh, There's something to be said about just doing right by him, too. But if if he's going to retire, he can't get to that all-time Eagles uh, consecutive game started number. Yeah, I mean, got to do it, right? He's got to come back. It's a terrifying prospect at the end of every season, because at the end of every season, he does the will they won't they retire situation and he doesn't he doesn't like he he doesn't let it let it go too long no he he makes his decision yeah he's typically like i'm coming back what are we talking about beers on me at the od and he's having such a good season with that said i want to draft tyler linderbaum either way uh because i i do want to have that that superstar center for the next decade uh, I'm just I'm be cool with him sitting for us a year. I mean, you have three first round picks. If one of them's going to sit to ensure uh, you have a dominant offensive line moving forward at post Kelsey, so be it. Works for me. The uh, San Francisco 49ers travel to Dallas to take on the Dallas Cowboys, and Bovada has the Cowboys minus three at home. The 49ers were like, what a surprise! Yeah. Uh, to- to be down that big in in that game with such importance on it and to to battle back, I would be terrified if I was a Cowboys fan. I understand that they were flexing and and laughing and having a jolly good old time beating third stringers, practice squad players. In, yeah, in Gross. South Philadelphia, guys who may never see an NFL field in a regular season game again. Um uh, extreme class uh, from an organization just beaming with it. Um, uh, to me, I would be I would be a little bit nervous, especially if Micah Parsons isn't at a hundred percent. Right? He's he's the guy that makes that defense really go. And you can say what you want about Diggs. You can say all you. I mean, obviously against a team like San Fran, you have to keep Debo in check. Mm-hmm. 
Diggs gives up a ton of yards. I think it's something like the most yards in the NFL. The interception numbers are great, but he's a guy that gives up a ton of yardage. That's somebody that if if you can get Debo a little bit of space, he may be able to take advantage of of that type of defensive play. So, um, I mean, but still, the Cowboys have a loaded offense. They they put it all together, beating up on the you know practice squad guys, maybe, but it's still a pretty terrifying prospect going up against Bosa, going up against that San Francisco defense. Mm-hmm. And San Francisco, much like I mentioned about the Eagles, they're a team that can control the game with their run game. Like they can put together a 19 play drive that eats up 11 minutes uh, just by running the ball, running the same plays over and over again until you figure out how to stop them. It's it's a it's it's a tough tough task for a Cowboys team that sort of seems to be up and down every single week, and that's not me hating on the Cowboys because there have been times this season where I've been really impressed by them, but lately it hasn't really been the case. And I mean, is this put up or shut up for Dak Prescott? Like, is that the situation the Cowboys find themselves in? It might be the one that San Francisco finds himself in in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo, mm. but. It does is Dallas in a similar situation? You just put did they did they franchise tag him or did they extend him? Uh, I can't. I, I, I can't believe recall. it was both, but I'm I'm relative. I'm checking it right now because this last year was <laughs> such a blur, such a weird blur. Yeah, Dak signed a uh, he signed a four year, hundred and sixty million dollar contract. Yeah, so obviously he's not going anywhere, but this is. This is one of those games where you have to cement yourself as one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL if you want to be considered that way. Everybody can put up numbers. Not everybody, but a lot of quarterbacks can put up numbers in the regular season, be successful, win divisions. But when the playoffs come, you have to deliver. And this is a game where Dak has to deliver for them. Mm -hmm. He has to. Or else I don't know what I don't know moving forward if he isn't. I mean, he's obviously your guy because of the contract, but stop. Like, Dak, Dak's a really good quarterback. I'm not he's saying gonna, he's not. He's really going to be the Cowboys' starting quarterback next year, regardless of outcome of this game. No, he but could, I mean, I, he could Carson Wentz it, have a 2.2 QBR, and still there, he's the unquestioned starter of that team next year. I mean, more from an overall confidence level in you, from a league standpoint, or from an analyst standpoint, from that that type of viewing. Not that he won't be the starter. He he will 100 percent be. He, he could he could get Jadavian Clownied uh back of the you know dirty tackle uh two plays into a playoff game and nobody would say a word about it and Dax your starter next year. Like that that that's not really necessarily my point. I don't think this is a make or break game in terms of job, but it is make or break in terms of will people take you seriously as a Super Bowl contender moving forward if you can't beat a team at home as the you know what I mean? Like I think, I think that that is more of a court of public opinion kind of uh, win than anything else. Fun, uh, fun story apropos of nothing. Like three weeks ago, uh, we went to it's a local store called Meyer, and I, it's kind of kind of like a, a targety type of store. It's it's a Target mixed with a grocery store. M a i e r. M e i g e r. J e r. But uh, you spell it the way it should be spelled. Uh, but we walk in and there's a bunch of people there and we're like, oh, well, what's going on? And uh, and then we're like, oh, that's Jadavian Clowney. What? And He's just uh, walking around? 
yeah, just walking around and had some event. And like three days later was when we found out he had COVID. Not wearing a mask. Awesome. That's well, hey, what can you do? Uh, Mr. Clowney. <laughs> At least to my, to, in my memory, he was not wearing a mask. But, uh, and I'm pretty sure about that. But I can't say 100% for certain. Um, so yeah, that happened. Where where'd we land on this pick? I think the 49ers keep it close. I think it's a game that Dallas ultimately wins. Uh, just because I think their offense is is uh, it just it it's got a little bit more talent around it. Cedric Wilson obviously adds a huge X factor. He stepped up big again against third stringers last week, but he is he is very talented. They got Schultz involved. I think Dallas wins, but San Francisco covers, and I think this covers the. That, it's only three. Yeah, I think this is a Zerline late kick to win that game. Dak drives him down, uh, down like one going into it, and then Zerline redeems himself for being very bad during uh, throughout the rest of the year. All right, 49ers plus three. Bavada has the over-under at 51. Oh, man, this feels like an over game. It does. I say that about a lot of games because I like points, and I hate – I think cheering for an under is, is like torture, so mm-hmm. we'll go over. Well, are you picking what you want to happen or what you think is going to happen? It's what I think is going to happen. But I also, I, I also want that to happen. It's like, in this case, it's both. All right. Previously, uh, it, we were sitting at plus 10,000. That number with, uh, with eight of our 12 picks made now sits plus 40,000. The uh, Pittsburgh Steelers head to Kansas City in the final game of Sunday night. To take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Biggest line of the weekend here. Bavada has the Chiefs minus 13. As it should be. Yeah. One more ride for Big Ben in, in the playoffs. And in one of the weirdest ways to possibly get into the playoffs and back your way into it. The the tie against Detroit comes in huge. It's right. Like it's it's crazy that they're in there. I guess you know. I guess whatever your opinion on Big Ben is from a, uh, as a guy or as a person aside, it's interesting to see him back in the playoffs as a football player. The Steelers are going to get cream mm-hmm. again. They they don't ha- unless their defense puts them on their back, and I don't think they have enough around them to do that. The Chiefs are going to smash them. They are going to be the Chiefs that we expect. Patrick Mahomes will be the Patrick Mahomes we expect. Keep TJ Watt out of his face. You can sit him on the bench in the third quarter. They'll be up by so much. Like that's that's the way this game should go. Okay. I don't I don't see like if you watch as if you watch Big Ben move around, he can't. If you like his throws are inconsistent. It's it's not it's not uh it's not pretty. It's not anything. Contain Najee Harris, sort of the way most people and most teams have. Don't let him get big runs. And, and like, I just don't feel like the offense is anywhere near threatening enough to compete against a team like the Chiefs. I just don't. It, it, as good as the defense is, it, I think it's, it's – you can overwhelm Tyler Huntley. You, you, you're not going to overwhelm <laughs> Pat Mahomes with Tyreek Hill with – you know, Travis Kelsey with, I don't think, I don't know if Edward Zolaire will be back, but you'll have Daryl Williams. You'll have, you know, McKinnon, you'll have Josh Gordon, you'll have Hardman, you'll have Pring. Like 
Like these are this is this is a game where the Chiefs should win handily. All right, so we'll take Chiefs minus thirteen, or if I'm hearing you right, Steelers money line. <laughs> no, this is Chiefs minus thirteen all day. Forty six and a half is the over under at Bavada. I think it's under because I don't think Andy Reid. Andy Reid actually, I don't. Not that I don't think. I know Andy Reid isn't a run it up guy. I spent years with him in Philadelphia. When it came to the postseason, it was never a run it up situation. He was never interested in that type of thing. Uh, he's a guy who takes knees on the two yard line when uh, teams have a chance to hit overs, like he did this past weekend. So, I uh, I think this is a game that could end like thirty eight to thirty eight to three. 41 out oh boy. Uh, well, it's funny that the second over and the second under and the first under that isn't a game played in extreme weather conditions is going to involve the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> uh, 10 games into our 12 game parlay, the number, oh my, Gregory, we're sitting plus 150,000. I mean, at this point, we, we win, we buy a team. Right? That's how this works? No. I mean, mean, uh, it really depends on how much you wager. We'll we'll play around with all of that once we're done. (laughs) The final game of Wild Card Weekend, Monday night playoff football. The Arizona Cardinals head to L.A. to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Bovada has the Rams minus four. I don't know what to think about either of these teams. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, at a certain point, 13 weeks into the season, the Cardinals were the best team in the NFL, supposedly. Yeah, this is the hardest game of the weekend for me. And, yeah, and the Rams, you don't know what to expect every week. Week in and week out with Matt Stafford, you have zero idea what to expect from this team. Like, I don't don't know what to think. Like, the Cardinals get into a shootout with the Seahawks, who have nothing to lose. They let Russ Wilson look like, you know, the prime, like early season MVP candidate, Russ Wilson, after he's been terrible for, well, he's been better lately, but after he's had a very up and down season, mm-hmm. like in a game where you can clinch the division, this is, that's a bad loss. It's a bad loss. And then the Rams let the 49ers into the playoffs. Like, yeah. how does that happen? Um, It just, to me, it is a very... It's easily going to be the closest matchup, I think, in terms of just having no idea what can happen. I think the Rams have a better defense, though, and no DeAndre Hopkins matters. Yeah, It just does. Uh, I think if they can put pressure on Kyler, I know Kyler's very good throwing off the run, but I I just think that this is a situation where the Rams, I think uh, the Rams defense can overwhelm them. Unless unless something magical happens and AJ Green becomes like 2014 AJ Green, I I think I think we may we may see an early exit for the Cardinals yet again. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, there's just no consistency from the Cardinals in terms of offense without Hopkins and the Rams. Not that their offense has been great, but like they can at least somewhat put it together. Cooper Cup won the the. The, the damn triple crown in terms of receiver. Like, even yeah, the teams did. know that he's he's the guy that's the only guy that's going to get the ball. He still was de- that good. Like, it's nuts. They're, that's an extremely good offense. All right, so we're going Rams minus four. I think so. Absolutely. 
Bavada has the over-under for this game at 49 and a half. I think it goes under. I, th- I do. I think that the, just the ability to, to disrupt the Cardinals offense, and even honestly the Rams offense occasionally, uh, I think this is a, a weird game that can for sure go under. All right. So here's the final tally, and it's an impressive one. Our 12-game wild card parlay at Bavada, we have, oh man, this is, these are crazy numbers, Gregory. We are now sitting at plus, doing the math here, plus 549,242. $100 wins half a million. So, you, you post the question, we win, we buy an NFL team. The let's, Broncos let's, are going for sale. So, like I said, a hundred bucks wins wins uh, five hundred and forty nine thousand, which means we're buying the Broncos. Thousand dollar, thousand bucks gets us five million. Ten thousand gets us fifty four million. A hundred thousand, five hundred and forty nine million dollars. So we probably have to be. Uh, we're probably going to have to wager a million dollars, Greg. But it's change, Chris. But that's fine because this is a lock, and that million dollars is going to win us five point four billion. I, I mean, me, you, Elway, steaks, car washes. We're living in Denver. We're hanging out in the Rockies. This is it's all coming together. We bring in Peyton to be the the GM. Peyton Manning, that is. We're I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even think you meant like a Peyton Sean Barber Peyton? or Sean but, uh, Peyton. Peyton Barber. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Actually. But uh, we're we're being dumb here because we're not really we're not factoring in taxes. That's so we're gonna have to. I'm gonna up it to. We're gonna go a million two hundred and fifty thousand. Smart. Um, this is smart business. Yeah. No, no. No. I think that's the way to go. That that's gonna win us six point eight million. And I feel like even post tax, we could probably get the Broncos for that. We don't even need any other investors. We're in this. Current take value. Take that, A-Rod. The, yeah, take that, A-Rod. Denver Broncos. The Broncos were last. This is almost perfect. In 2021, the franchise value came to $3.75 billion, which is I mean, come on. about what we're going to make post-taxes with this. That's, and then you're just flush with cash because you own an NFL team. That's how that works, right? Sadly, it's the Broncos, so we do need to resolve the Drew Locke situation. Uh, we can figure that out. I'll get out there on the practice field. We'll we'll work out him, Teddy Bridgewater. We'll figure out if we, we waste the draft pick on another Matt quarterback. Matt Corral. Listen, I'll fly to Seattle. You want me to tamper with Russell Wilson? I'll tamper. Don't admit that. Like this, We're going to have to deal with Tagliabue. I'm not the owner yet. I can admit whatever I want. Yeah, and also Paul Tagliabue hasn't been the, the, the commissioner of football for like decades um well we just lost a little bit of money one of the games just changed um so we we're now we're making 6.7 billion dollars right now unreal i know this is really gotta stay on top of it uh do me a favor and when you get an opportunity venmo me your six hundred and seventy five thousand dollars i'll uh i'll get right it's gonna take me a couple days because you have Daily transaction limits, so I'll uh, I'll get it to you. That's true. You just write me a check, whatever. Ah, you know, I'll, right. I'll I'll write a check and just sign your name. Um, <laughs> no, no big deal. 
look, that's exciting. We're going to own the Denver Broncos. The on, we could probably rename them, right? They, we could be the Denver Underdogs. That's fine. I'm fine with that. What what role would you want with the organization? I or you just want you just want to be owner and show up. I don't even need. Yeah, we could just be co-owners. I don't I, listen. I need I need like Robert Kraft level like status. Like I let's, don't need to do let's, anything. Let's 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 not have it be Robert Kraft. <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> Maybe Jeffrey find a different Lurie. example. Jeffrey Lurie level. Where I'm I like that because he makes there. movies, and I want to make movies. Yeah, you can go make movies. I'm there. I'm watching practice. I'm telling the coaches what to do. I'm drafting. I'm telling the coaches, listen, you don't understand. Oh, so you want to be Jerry Jones. I watched a ton of film and Pac-12 football. This Arcega-Whiteside guy is a steal. Look at those hands. Guy hasn't dropped a pass in his entire career. He's about to be available, so we could sign him. uh, I mean, listen, I'm telling you, bud, we're... We're here. We're going to have a team filled with Oregon State Beavers. And you know how successful they are at football. Wait, what state did we buy in a previous episode? We did buy a state, and I don't remember. Montana? Was it Montana? (sighs) Yeah, we're going to have to move the Broncos to Montana. That's that's, fine. So we're going to be the Montana underdogs. That's fine. The Missoula underdogs. I'm in. All right. Cool. All right. Well, that's settled. That's going to be it for this. Yeah, sorry. There's got to be a town in Montana that starts with you, right? Uh, jealous. Has to be. Has to be. Montana towns starting with you. Uh, yeah. Oh, Montana. (laughs) I'm in. There is literally one town one. in Montana that starts the, with a U. <laughs> the Ohm Underdogs. All right, let's find out more about Ohm, on, Ohm, Ohm Montana. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Are they set up? I, I feel like we could reach out to their mayor pretty easily. Uh, I'd like to know if there's, they have a facility ready. Well, so it's a census, a census designated place in Cascade County, Montana. Yeah, I saw. Um, I see the Wikipedia too. Yep, it was, it originally, was originally a large ranch. <laughs> just what? It was Indiana-born cattleman William Ohm. You can't tell me we can't have William Ohm Memorial Stadium. Like, what are we doing here? It is. Cr- it is twenty point eight square miles. Seven hundred and thirty-eight was the population in twenty ten. Yeah, I've got, are, it, I've got it at 591 in 2019. Well, we've lost a few over the years. It <laughs> <We laughs> will happen. We're going to have a hard time selling out that stadium. Listen, we get everybody. This is an area of the country that really doesn't have football. <laughs> probably, talk, at least probably for a reason. Yeah, I, you're, pro- you're not wrong. But Wyoming, you're going to get the Wyoming traffic. You're going to get Idaho. <laughs> so that's nine some of the people. Dakotas. Bring bring Canada down. I mean, this is only oh, I mean, oh Montana, uh-huh. oh Montana to Toronto, yeah. like that's we're talking twenty nine hour drive to try. Toronto's not easy, what we're looking for. Easy, let's, you can do that. You do, do that easily. Look, I'm I got I've got some information on old Montana right here. Essential Olm. What is there to do in old Montana? We've got the uh, the first people's Buffalo Jump State Park. We've got a Carmike's, I'm assuming that word is cinemas, uh, but it's spelled incorrectly. Classic 50s casino, bar, and club. Valley View Garden Golf. I We've mean, got the, who, who can forget the Montana Expo Park? 
Uh, you've got the History Museum, the Children's Museum of Montana, and the Celtic Cowboy. Don't know what that is, <laughs> but it sounds great. Listen, it's only five hours away from Calgary. Get the Canadian marketing team on this. We are golden, buddy. Golden. We can, we, we can practice against the Stampeders. It, that's it. That, we'll, do the, we'll do those scrimmages that are just as good as preseason games. Maybe even oh. better because it's inter it's a inter interleague uh, interleague yeah that's interesting. <laughs> the the Ohm underdogs, AFC West champions by 2024. I'm just saying it now. I'm just saying I, it now. I see no way Roger Goodell has a problem with this. Couldn't absolutely. I mean, couldn't. if if we're like Raj, look, we want to move <laughs> this linchpin NFL franchise. To a place with a population of 591 people that is 20.8 square miles. And was literally a ranch previously. <laughs> I would assume he's in. Has to be, right? Like, you can't, you can't turn that down. I mean, the Denver Broncos have only been in Denver since 1960. Who are we kidding? Like, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to find out who the mayor of old Montana is. I've been to Sports Authority Field. You tell me I can't I can't build a better stadium in old Montana. I got nothing but land out there. Yeah, Imagine I'm already, how big the stadium could be. I'm on Realtor right now looking at homes for sale in old Montana. Oh, this is beautiful. Uh, see? This see? is this is beautiful. There is uh, 87 Lone Tree Lane in old Montana. The area code uh the, or the zip 59485. 1.5 million gets us 144 acres. Beautiful lake. Beautiful lake. There's a lot of deer there. This is... Wow. The the house is a small cabin. I mean... <laughs> a very small what, cabin. What do you need? What else do you need other than that? Like, literally, there are 20 pictures uh, on, on Realtor for this property. And here, I'll go, I'll go through them real quick for you. We've got one is a picture of the lake, two, the lake, three, just a field, four, <laughs> four is deer, five is deer, six, deer, seven, the mountains in the distance, beautiful, eight is the dilapidated cabin, let's call it what it is, uh, nine is the front of the dilapidated cabin, ten, the inside where there is a love seat and, <laughs> and, a, and a really, really ugly recliner. 11, we have the lake with ducks. Uh, 12 is just an up-close, blurry picture of a couple of deer that presumably were on the land at one point. Uh, 13, that looks like roosters to me. 14 is just grass, overgrown grass. 15 is a tree. Uh, 16 is a blurry picture of a lake with maybe a duck, I'm not sure. 17 is just some dead fish. Uh... 18 more grass, 19 that might be buffalo quite frankly. I don't know for a fact <laughs> it's not. That's pretty cool. Problem could be cows though. And 20 is just the, the field again. Buddy, I mean, I don't know how you turn it down. I don't know how you turn it down. I've I found another one. Uh, I'm requesting new, a private showing right now. Th this is new construction, buddy. You could tell. Built in 2020. We're talking we're talking 5 beds, 3 baths. Wait, in home? In home, twenty nine hundred okay, square feet. Twenty nine hundred square feet on two point two two acres. I'm spending four hundred and thirty thousand 
it says pending right now. I'll come in with 5.30. I don't care. This is, this is the owner of the Ulm Underdog's house we're talking about here. No, I, I, need that, I need that 144 acres. I'm looking at that house right now, and it's not particularly nice. I'm not worried about it being nice, Chris. I'm going to turn it into something nice. This is just the beginning. Do you understand how much money the Ulm underdogs are going to make? Well, and also, it seems like it says it's 2.2 acres, but it, it also seems like there is basically a ho- another house in your backyard. Almost right next to it, Chris. Yeah, Almost so right next to like, it. Like, are they counting the 2.2 acres as, like, vertical space, or how is that working? <laughs> Has to be. Between, between the Ulm underdogs, the state that we own, the, the Texas Youth Football League team that we run. That WNBA team? We have... We have a lot going on for us. You know, we started we started the show or pre-show. We were we were a little down in the dumps, but I'm I was be fine. Honest. You were down in the dumps. I'm hurt. We ought to be honest. <laughs> we got a lot going for us right now. We do, buddy. <laughs> I would argue that the last ten minutes of the show has been borderline unlistenable. But how dare you? <laughs> I've enjoyed the the uh, the information package on Old Montana. And look. If any of the 561 people in old Montana happens to hear this show or, you know, one of your neighbors, uh, in, in case you don't have electricity, if like one of your relatives knows somebody and they tell you, reach out to us. We want to talk to you. We want to know what's going on in old Montana. We want to get a feel for the town. We want to get your take on whether or not, you know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at fairly rural land. Do you think you can handle an NFL franchise? I think they have to be. I, I I need their opinion on this, though. If we're gonna make the move and spend all three point seven billion on this, we need mm-hmm. to know. We need to know. Can I? Can I just? Should we just? Should we just wager two million dollars? We might have to. All but, right. Because at that <laughs> point, I don't want to have to. Uh, I don't want to have to make the uh, make the the citizens of Ulm pay for our stadium. That That's true. Build. We want to build our own stadium. We we're, want to be in charge of that. We don't want to yeah. raise taxes because, quite frankly, it's very personal. Like, we're going to know everybody in that town. Uh, to, to quote a great sportscaster uh, who once said, billionaires should build their own fucking stadiums. But we'll, we'll do that. And for just, for, just for the people of Ulm. We'll build our own, our own stadium. 100%. It's going to be a 30-person stadium. <laughs> <laughs> very exciting that's the only way we can really draw up interest and have any sort of any sort of secondhand market for tickets the uh, most so, exclusive game the most exclusive nfl stadium in all of the league yeah it's a it's a very chill atmosphere um two million dollars million each that's fair we're gonna win 10.7 billion dollars i mean flush with cash chris like flush. at what po- at what point do we just own Bavada. I think when you win ten point seven billion, I think they just throw in <laughs> they throw in the keys to the building as well. That's how that works. Yeah, you know, like I, I wonder how, I wonder what the the largest wager we can actually make is. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think it could be anything. Well, it probably can't be. Because at, can, at some it, point they just can't pay. Right, like they don't have ten point seven billion in cash. You That's don't know that. Works. You don't know how liquid they are. That's true. You know what? You're right. I'm not. I'm not back in the. I'm not in the financials here. So you're actually right. But I don't know. It's it's a tough one. Yeah, you get that ten point seven billion in Bavada credit. <laughs> Site credit. Perfect. <laughs> which is which? Then is absolutely useless because you know you can't cash out. Nope. Nope. 
You just have the greatest gambling uh, bankroll of all time. Okay, so a couple of things we need to find out for next week. One, what's the largest? What's the largest amount ever paid out by a sports book? I want to know that. And two, what, who is the mayor of Old Montana? Do you have a mayor? I want to talk to you. I want to know more. So we've got some homework to do until we talk to you uh, next time. But on that note, and just before the one hour mark, I've been Chris Horwell. He's been Greg Crone. This has been You're Wrong and Here's Why. We thank you for listening, and we will see you next time.